1: This week on Thinker Girl, the podcast. When I was 21, I read a book about a woman who was sold into prostitution at a really young age in Cambodia, and I just was really overwhelmed by her story and her personal um, story and everything that she'd gone through.
0: The
2: Thinker Girls, hello. Hola. Hello. Hi. The Thinker Girls. Thanks thanks for joining our show. Hello. Hello. Hey, guys. Hi. Hello. Oh, hi, girls. The Thinker Girls, all the thoughts you're thinking but not saying. You're listening to Thinker Girl, the podcast with The Thinker Girl, Stacey June. And Christy Mercer, welcome. We're glad that you have stopped by, friends. Yes. Uh, Now, before we introduce our first guest, Stephanie Lorenzo, who is the founder of a wonderful charity project uh, Project. Futures. I just double-checked how to say that, and I've already fucked it up. No, that's all right. Project <laughs> Futures. You got there in the end. <laughs> um, Steph, before we give you your red carpet treatment, um, we just wanted to say, hey, thanks for joining us. Uh, we are two radio chicks that are talking thoughts you're thinking, but not saying each and every week. The thinkergirls.com.au is where you can find us uh, and all of our episodes up there. How are you traveling this week, mate? Yeah, I feel
3: good. I feel kind of like um, I haven't really thought about how I am. Okay. So I think that means busy. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, You've when just someone's stopped. like, how are you? And you're like, um, yeah. Pretty good, I reckon. Right. I think it's because I haven't actually stopped to think, how am I feeling today? Which is probably a sign that, um, I don't know, I haven't really had too much time to think about it. Yeah.
2: And also, I reckon you've got a busy weekend. So you're like, you know, when you're running on a treadmill, even before you're running on it, like you're about to go into chaos weekend. So you aren't stopping. It's almost like a rhythm you get into. But chaos
3: of the best kind. Like I've I've got a bit of FOMO at the moment because all of my mates are kind of catching up and everyone's got a big house for one of our first besties to Get married, uh-huh. which is super exciting in itself. But they're all there, you're here. They're all there, and I'm here, and which is fine because I'll <laughs> join them tomorrow. But I feel like portion of my brain is kind of over there at the moment. I'm having cheese and wine.
2: Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, bring it here, mate. All right, all right. Um, yep. I'm good. Thanks for asking. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm excited for the weekend. I was saying before, I felt like a drink, and I haven't felt like a drink, like where I might sit back and have a few brewskis probably for the entire year. Wow. I've been drinking, but it's not like where I've gone. Oh yeah, I'd love a champagne. Pain. so I'm off to the races tomorrow so I'm doing that but let's introduce our um, our next guest uh, this particular woman, oh, far out, does better things with her day than us let me tell you um, I'll let you Stephanie actually describe a little bit about what you do and, and how important it is you are the founder of Project Future Stephanie Lorenzo, welcome to our show Thanks so much for having me guys, happy to be here Steph, can you tell us
3: just quickly about the foundation and, and I suppose the, the awesome work that you do and, and where it all started?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, first of all, um, I've got a background in marketing and comms and I never thought that I would actually get into the not-for-profit world, charity world at all in terms of a, um, I guess, paid gig, I guess you could say. It was always a voluntary thing for me. It was always on the side. Uh, When I was 21, I read a book about a woman who was sold into prostitution at a really young age in Cambodia and I just was really overwhelmed by her story and her personal um, story and everything that she'd gone through. And so I decided, you know, what i'm someone that loves to party love to put on an event love to get friends together why not do it for a great cause good on and you
2: so, yeah it's so, so good it's, so many people really think that they read books or watching ted yeah. talk and they think oh i want to do that but doing it is something very different it's something different yeah <laughs> taking
1: action on it for sure and um i guess it just started with one event which ended up being a bike ride across Cambodia, which is probably a little bit um, bigger than what a lot of wow. people are think. It's an aggressive start. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: But we salute you yeah. all the same. <laughs> stuff.
1: Um, but, um, but obviously we had to fundraise to get there, so that's where the parties came in and donations from friends. But we did this epic bike ride across Cambodia with 21 people and we raised $80,000 for this woman's work. and. Yeah. When I came back from that experience to Sydney, I thought to myself, this can't just be a one-off thing that I do because I read a book and I was passionate about it. It was so much fun. It was a great way to get people together. I met some amazing people and learnt so much about an issue that I was so unaware about. And that's when Project Futures came to life. It was an outlet, really, for young people to get involved and get engaged around an issue that they might not work in, but they certainly wanted to put their skills and talents to good use and, and do something about. And raising funds for me was a way that I could contribute to the amazing work that many of the Cambodian people do, and also we support projects here in Australia as well that support victims and survivors of human trafficking. No, so, wow,
3: it's so cool, Stephanie. And I think yeah. that that kind of leads us into our gem uh, that you're going to bring to the table, which is a yes. thought that we are thinking but not saying. Do you just want to give us a, a little headline, um, which will give us a bit more of an insight well, let's, into Let's all do into let's, that. Young
2: mate, you do a headline.
3: Yeah, I want to talk
2: about the fact that. I never want my wedding to be stressful on anybody but me. Okay, that's a good one. I've got hand jobs a back question mark.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, what's
2: your headlines, Steph, or your gem? Oh gosh, um,
1: I guess mine is you know when do you get start getting paid for what you actually do? When does your passion project become your actual um, everyday? Well, that's a good one. Like life work.
2: <laughs> Two months for us yes. <laughs> <laughs> and counting. Um, and if you do want to find anything on Steph, I should say Project Futures on Twitter, our Project Futures on Instagram and Facebook.com forward slash Project Futures. But as our guest, um, mm. we are going to invite you to kick it off and, and kind of educate us on how that works from the back end. But I do need to also warn you, we do have Philip the Duck, who's our timer, reins us in to make sure that we don't babble on, which some people would love us to babble on, but we you know <laughs> busy. You've got to keep a I lid think- on it. People want me to. <laughs> no,
3: otherwise we'll be we'll be here till we're grey and old and then Project Futures, you know, won't have the amazing
2: work behind no, it that it needs. It so we're
3: thinking of the kids. But
2: let's let's talk it through and how I guess your business or how it turns to business and how you cope with that. How does it all work from a charity yeah. perspective? Because tell you what, this is new information to us.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well um, So in a nutshell, Project Futures has been around for seven years. Uh, We've been running it, um, I guess, on a voluntary level pretty much for the first four years. Um, And then the last two and a half years have been full-time paid employees. We have three full-time paid employees, but that. I guess that um, jump for me working voluntary and then moving into an actual full-time paid role was really tough. And I questioned myself a lot. And I know a lot of people, whether it's startup businesses or startup charities, they want to pursue their life's work um, every single day. But you need to pay rent, you need to eat food, you need to go out with Mm, friends, you need mm. to do all the things that we need to do to live. Um, And, you know, I'm very lucky to be able to have stepped through that um, I guess loop of fire I guess you could say but it was really tough and we in the charity world unfortunately more than startup business get a lot of criticism around paid employees and you know looking at time frames as to when people should it's, should an inter- get paid and so forth. it's an interesting
2: one Steph, because i actually was speaking to a um, a person about this when it comes to politics i know it's a little bit different mm. but but a lot of people this particular person was saying and it was so true um, that politicians will never get the politicians we need because they actually aren't paid that well so no, if not. you're like the yeah. ceo of you know commonwealth bank or you're doing you're running some car you know car business uh, or yes. brand you're getting paid a lot of money so to mm. run the country in in the equivalent of that is actually not a lot of cash. And I would imagine that would, I guess, lend itself similarly uh, to yes. to uh, charity and 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 not-for-profit. Absolutely. And it's funny um, that you say that because, yeah, I've heard
1: these different debates as well around um, politicians, particularly obviously taxpayer money, um, which is not that different from, I guess, donations. It's something that yeah. we, that mm-hmm. we yep. you mm-hmm. know, pass on from our uh, working life but definitely in the charity world there are two sort of sides to the coin and one is you know I want my $20, $100, $50, $1,000 to go directly to projects on the ground that support women and children. I want to bypass all sorts of administration and so forth yet they heard about us through a billboard or you know some sort of paid advertising. Yeah, it's hard, isn't it? Um, Exactly, and I think that the key to this is obviously good management and having a good board um, as part of Project Futures to make those decisions, but also making sure that um, you have a long term plan. If I can tell a corporate, you know, or a sponsor or a donor. In five years, we have this goal and we've had a great track record to prove it. Sure, I had to put not my life on hold because I don't regret it by any means, but I worked really hard in my full-time paid work in the for-profit world and did Project Futures on the side for four years, um, full-time as well, I would say, before we could get to the point where I felt like I could do it. But in saying that, I feel like there are a lot more people um, that should believe in, I guess, the genuine goodness of particularly millennials and young people um, that have great ideas, but sometimes they just need some time to get that off the ground. I mean, I think it was Amazon. There's a case study. They didn't make money for six to seven years, but shareholders who invested in that company were waiting because they knew that the long-term approach um, would be worth the wait. Mm. So they invested their money and didn't make a cent back for 7 years until mm. boom, it's gone off. I think, and I Steph, think there's been yeah. so
3: much conversation and, and focus on charities in the last 6 to 12 months, you know, with the Shane yeah. Warne Foundation and, and and there was all all conversations that I even saw on, you know, Brecky Tally. I think where there were there were conversations around how many charities are there in Australia? How many and do a lot. and how yeah, and there are a lot. How many do we need and, and should we can be combining smaller charities into to bigger ones so that more percentage of people's donations I, actually get to I the agree, person. Steph.
2: What do you think about that? Because I think it is quite easy for everybody to kind of register that. Do you think there needs to be a better streamlining process?
1: Okay, so I would definitely disagree. Um, I've been on a lot of panels before around this idea of should charities merge to achieve scale. I definitely think that there should be... Um, there are a lot of charities. I hundred percent agree with that. Are I don't
2: know about. I don't know about moving in together. I more mean to be able to lodge a charity. Should it be harder a, for people? Well, it is, yeah. I
1: actually think it is hard. It's easy. It's easy to serve, to lodge a charity. It's easy to also lodge a business, right? But I think the yeah, way true. that you generate income. Whether it's a business or charity, is the same thing. So I would actually put the onus more on the donors to actually support a charity that you support over a longer period of time, so you can see the work that they do and you can understand. Demand the financials, as you can go on our website and download our financials and reports. They're all audited. I think that's really good that you do
3: that, though, because they're they're, one hundred percent. It's good to have that transparency because I think sometimes, and it's so awful, and I feel evil to admit this, but I think honesty is the best policy and. Agreed. I used to be a tale- I used to be a telemarketer marketer um, when yeah. I was I think I was 17 or 18 at the time I was doing it for a mate uh, with a mate sorry and we are working this little dodgy place it was up um, above a shop and we were call- cold calling people to get donations and yeah. we had all of these different scripts. You know, there was even one, and this was the reason that I ended up leaving because I felt so bad. We had a pensioner slash elderly script. So if people oh, no. so if people had said, you know, I'm on the pension, I, I can't actually afford to, we had a specific script to read to them, which was, you know, getting their bank details and knowing that we could debit their oh. account once their, their government money came in. And Fire I out. will admit to this that there was a commission structure. So if you got a big donation for this particular charity, and there are a few actually, Mm-mm. do you reckon I can say the charities? Uh,
2: oh, or not? Maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah. Well, a couple of really
3: big, well-known... Um, in Australia, big and, foundations that do stuff for, for, kid, well, a couple would, of,
1: for kids. For kids. Yeah, that we would... They would be the same as the charity muggers on the street, like the people that stock you. They're all on commission. A lot of people know this. A lot of people don't want to stop. I don't know why they still do, do it. And I think the difference... I know the, the duck sound I heard, but... Um, <laughs> Philip, yeah. Um, yeah. But <laughs> while I don't want to go over time, I definitely want to make the point that I, I think... I don't think there's anything wrong with... Um, anything wrong with having paid staff in a charity. But I think the onus has to be, let's not blanket state, oh, it's bad to have X amount of administration um, versus, you know, funds going to the ground because it also depends on the life cycle of where your charity's at. But also donors should want to support a charity in the long term if we're dealing with really Mm -hmm. big systemic issues like mental health
2: ending human trafficking, global poverty, hunger. And surely, um, but I think the surely this
1: crisis, this takes I, a long yeah, time. Yeah, and I also
2: think surely everybody has a particular thing they're passionate about. Mm. So I think if any point that you've mm. made today, that's definitely one that makes sense to me that I hadn't thought of before today, like mm, of actually yeah. choosing. And I probably do that in my own right anyway. I'm often yeah. leaning more towards female-empowered mm. things. But, but maybe it's right. more, um, and I've donate to um, I donate to the equal, uh, Marriage Equality Foundation. It's yes, the, the one that I only donate to at the moment. But I, if mm. I'm putting any money into anything, I always mm. email back and give them money when it's coming close to a vote or they need extra cash to try and promote more stuff. Mm. They're very that's vocal right. with the way they do it. So you get an email and it says, this is what we're going to do with this money. Could you do this? But that's I think exactly that right. um, before we move on to the next, I think that's definitely a point that is a really good one to think of if you are someone that is kind of giving 20 bucks here there and everywhere and then kind of feel confused about what you're contributing to yeah that's right
1: can i make one last point very very quickly go for it yeah you guys don't mind also that there is the idea that this, this new next generation these millennials a lot of the people our three employees including myself have all come from actually corporate and um Marketing, commercial, media backgrounds. We've actually taken a pay cut to come and work for Project Futures, and it's really hard when people criticize. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance, United Healthcare Tri Term medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, everyone. Um, the work that we do or how much we get paid or X, Y, Z, which you can download our annual report and have a look at what our what the we're very transparent on all of that but it's really it's quite sad because people want to criticize as opposed to know the whole story and a lot of these criticisms don't come from donors they just come from people that don't want to donate to anything and I think people just need to really realize how lucky we are to live in this amazing country but also how hard people do work to passion projects and things that they want to see an end to but you know hopefully in this lifetime like human trafficking but unfortunately it's such a massive issue that we all need to work together to
3: to end it. Yeah, and it's inspiring the fact that you are three young people, normal people that are doing it, you know what I mean? Because sometimes you think of a charity worker and you have an idea in your head.
1: Reckon the Thinker Girls are oversharers. Wait till you see them on Snapchat. Uh, Whoa,
3: whoa, whoa. Hang on a sec. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hang on. Can I just put a bra on
1: first? See what goes down behind the scenes. Follow the Thinker Girls on Snapchat.
2: Handjobs are back apparently. Um, I don't know if any of you guys are watching The Good Wife. At all, um, I've seen bits and pieces here and there, but no, I'm not Same all across. Are, are they giving hand the jobs in the fan. in the good one? Yes, the oh. the main character under she. There's an episode of her and um, under the table when she was out. That's the best. She's giving this dude a hand job. She's the fucking best character. I That's should why start I'm watching that show. Oh, it is such a good show because she is the strongest character. And like I say about all things that I'm into, she's also at times really unlikable. She's a bit broken, but very together and quite assertive. And it just is interesting where I don't know hand jobs are really interesting. We've spoken mm. a lot about blow jobs on this show. Don't really go to <laughs> hand jobs a lot. And I think it's because it just feels like that cop out dud I guess, uh, sex act that people do because it's, A, the first thing you probably do when you're young, so you kind of put it as a bit juvenile. And the second one, a lot of people I think see it as a lazy thing or the thing that you go to. Oh, no. It's interesting that you go hand jobs back because I'm like, when did they go out? Well, I don't think they ever went out, but I think – we, I don't think we put them as cool. Like, that's my point. So if you're going down on someone, there's something a little bit extra racy about it, whereas a hand job is just so, I don't know, just so because it's so juvenile, it feels like nah. it's juvenile, it wasn't cool. But now it seems to be kind of coming back in the cool factor. Now I reckon it depends on how you do it. I think if you're incorporating it with other stuff,
3: like I've often I, I, I often have sex and then would finish with a hand job. I think there's this perception yeah, yeah, yeah. that you just go oh a hand job. you think the juvenile thing because you think sex doesn't need to be involved but I think sometimes I reckon sometimes that's harder work
2: than giving a head is, job or sex. It is and I'm not saying that, that it's not those things but from a perception perspective right. it's kind of looked upon as the, not the daggy thing but the kind of done thing. It's a lazy thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And everybody's doing it. It is fucking sexy. Mm. And there's kind of a thing where you can do it, they kind of do it. And it's something that I think guys and girls are incredibly comfortable with, whereas so many other things uh, people are not. So it's one of those things where it's like, I don't know, it's just... Something that I guess is one thing in the bedroom that most people are confident with.
3: Yeah. Everything mm. else is not like that. And as you say, you can kind of do that together. Like you can do the like there's two hand there's two hands on there, which I think yeah, it can be sexy. Uh, but I, I am very intrigued as to when you're talking about the good wife, the public handy. Because I think if there's one thing that you can do in
2: public, it's either, you know, fingering or, or hand jobs. I think there's. I think a- only hand jobs. I don't think finger. That's insertion. I think it's different. You reckon? Yes. I would actually yeah, think was- that, that that's less intense than a handy no. in public. What are we going to say, Steph?
1: I was saying, so from a ha- for a handy, you mean a girl giving a handy to a guy? Because you wouldn't really call it a handy. Yeah, you call it, I guess. Fingering for yeah. a girl. I can't believe we're talking about this. It's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're all veterans. Welcome. I Welcome. Yeah. walk in our meeting room because I. Out it's so funny. Oh, Yeah, because you're at work.
2: <laughs> I thought that was a nervous laugh coming from you. Um, but it's true, isn't it? It is the equivalent, but I feel like it isn't equal because you're oh. – like the dick is just hanging out there, whereas I think going inside <laughs> oh, is so much more. No, full-on. I reckon. I reckon. It, I
3: reckon going inside <laughs> fingering is actually you can do it more secretly. I I think if you, if you're but trying I'm to do the it, I'm an emo in, idiot. I'm like they're inside no, me. No, I don't even think about it. I just think it's easier. Like if you were doing it in public or on the sly, or didn't want somebody to see, like in the back of a car or I the movies or I something. I could not. I actually think that it's easier to get away with the chick, like as in fingering, rather than a hand job. It probably
2: is easier to get away. But I would give it, it away wear on my skirt, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I reckon you know it would what I mean? be depends on the kind of. Clothing. It's more. Um, <laughs> it's more. It's still personal to me because of the insertion. That's what, mm. that's what I freak out about. <laughs> so I couldn't keep a straight face. No fucking way. Oh, yeah. I think that would – I definitely thought, oh, gosh. If that,
1: for the good wife, were they doing pub? was this in public, was it? Under,
3: under the desk, <laughs> I think
2: you said it was. No, no, no. Um, oh, my
1: gosh. Under the desk at work at the lawyer's sorry, office. Sorry,
2: I'm sneezing. Um, <coughs> Excuse me. Um, Under the Where's table. You? Under the table out for it's dinner. Like at work.
3: No, no, uh, out for dinner. dinner. Oh, I find that incredibly sexy, even thinking about that. I mean, I'm not turned on right now, but I'm like – that's racy. I think even giving a hand, job, yeah, I would like, be up that's for that. Sexy. This is what
2: I mean. It's back. It's been rejuvenated. <laughs> I'm all of a sudden just wanting to go off and give some guy a hand job, the lucky bastard. <laughs> I don't know who it is, but I reckon I'm going to do it. I'm going to try and do night. it within the next few months. Wow. <laughs> what? I mean, I've got to that's find the right hilarious. person though. And hello, I'm single, oh. so it's not exactly. It could be aggressive to someone that I don't really know. Like, hey, how yeah, are you? Let's give you handy sexual assault. <laughs> Oh, no. So long as they agree to it, I think you're completely fine. Of course, fine. of course. But I mean, I did say it like as if I was going out to try it on any old. No, no, it'll be consensual.
3: What's a hand job? Like, I'm just thinking of a hand of, of a hand job. Like the definition of it. Like, is it actually when you give a person a hand job? Do you reckon it's not a proper hand job unless they actually come like unless they climax no. or are you
2: thinking it can be a little bit at the a bit start full,
3: it's more foreplay I would say it can be before before you actually have sex it's or a hand
2: like job that. if you don't come yeah for sure I think yeah. we have to get out of that mentality to be honest too I think we're all a little bit like Um, it's like that I've always said the gays do it better where it, it, just because you don't have penetration or you don't have an orgasm doesn't mm. mean you're not having sex mm. like it's important yeah, to not exactly. put still those pressures exactly. yeah you still enjoy put it. pressures on things so if you're given a hand job and you've both had a bit of a thrill and you're not coming that's okay. It's pretty mm. fun. Like, mm. you've kind of pushed it as it is if you're like Alicia Floric under the bloody restaurant table. And if
3: your arm gets tired, do a double hand. Yeah, that's, that's what I reckon. That's the only thing. Don't you Fuck, do that? The
2: wrist, it oh, always yeah. kills. No, it's oh, my, my shoulder. And my, my tricep, I, I, the way, when I get to a point where I'm like, oh, fucking hell, is he going to come done. already? I think, well, it's a workout. It is a workout It's really
3: good. Yeah, so you'd probably end up with one bigger bicep than the other. That's probably
2: one of my right ones. Yeah, it's yeah. true. Just a touch more Because <laughs> I'm doing it all the time. <laughs>
3: <laughs> What's that? just the Thinker Girls laughing at their latest video. Catch it on YouTube, youtube.com slash the Thinker Girls. One of my besties <laughs> is getting married and, and she's the first cab off the rank. So it's very exciting obviously for them but it's also very exciting for all of – us as mates. And it's, the bridesmaids and yes, stuff. Yes, yeah. it's super exciting. So not long ago we had the hens and I was like, shit, this is my first ever hens, exciting. But I will say that regardless of how big or small your wedding is, there is a lot to be organised. There's a lot to do. And you as the bride or you as
2: the groom aren't the only people that organise stuff. It just kind of goes without saying. Well, you, I don't actually think unless you can afford a wedding planner, yeah. you actually can't do it all mm-hmm. on your own. It's impossible, I think. And this is the thing. I was talking to one of my mates, who is the maid of honor and one of the bridesmaids
3: and the bestie of my friend that is getting married. Um, and I was like, How's everything going? And she just the shit that she writes back in a list, like of just ticking things that she's had to do. Um, and obviously, she's never complaining in that way, going, Oh my God, but she's. But there's a lot to be done. All of these things that I had no idea about, like mm. ordering champagne glasses even, I didn't think for the hens and decorations and this and writing the speech and um, getting together money for everybody and the accommodation, like all of this stuff and then travelling back and forth for wedding dress fittings. And she's never, ever, ever once complained about it. But she, she did say, she, I'm like, that's full on. There's a lot to be done. And I was kind of thinking about that afterwards and I thought to myself, when I get married – I don't know if this is completely possible and everybody (laughs) kind of goes in with that cliche, I want my wedding to be a party and I want it to be a celebration Uh, and just be fun and everyone has fun and it's just fun. Which I think is still an aim. Yes, of course. But I, uh, with that aim, then go, I don't want my wedding to be stressful for anybody else you said this yesterday
2: I think it it would
1: depend on yeah you as as the bride as well because I think your bridesmaids and all of those people take will take that from you so that's actually a really good attitude but I wouldn't think that people would stress unless you were stressed, like if you were a it's bride. It's true,
2: but it's funny because you said this in our studio yesterday, and our button pusher said, muttered under his breath, "said every bride ever." Bullshit! Did he say that? Yeah. I never. He, did. he said it, we, and I laughed. I didn't hear him. Say it was so that. funny, and he's got a point. He's so young. <laughs> I don't even know how the fuck he came up with that. But I was like, it's true. You you can go in and aim for that, well. but I don't know about you, Steph. I've been mm. involved in weddings. I've had the most like the most stressful brides. I've um and I've had the most um mm. uh, like come across the most, the least stressful people and st- it's still work. Are they like equal though? Are they The stress bride versus the non-stress bride is the look, workload. Look, to be honest, I will say as a bride, I've been a bridesmaid twice um, and obviously just been around other weddings. So I'm not just using those two as, as, as examples, but mm. I will say um, you get to the day, no matter how much work you put into the hens or whatever, and when you're standing next to somebody, you do forget any kind of work Mm. or any time it ever felt tricky because, well, for me, the the twice that I did it, the two times I did it, it was such an honour. So it kind of, I don't know, it kind of fades away. But it is the lead up is fucking full and on and
3: i think this particular mate that's getting married is she is a real chiller and she takes a lot on her plate and she's done a lot of stuff and she hasn't seemed stressed at all to the point where obviously it's such a standard thing you go how how's everything coming along and she's just being like yeah i don't even know why people get so stressed about this like that was her approach at the hen's last time i spoke to her so I will- she was she she didn't seem stressed from the outer but that doesn't mean that there wasn't so much else but to But I will organise. say this. Mm.
2: I remember the first girl, well, the first girl that got married in our group was my bestie, who I was the mm. maid of honor for. Mm. And I put a lot more pressure on myself because I think we didn't know what we were doing. As a bridesmaid. Yes. Yeah. So we did uh, yes. everything. Perceived pressure. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, like a like, kitchen table. You've got to do it all. all this stuff. You've yeah. got to do it all because we were younger. So it's funny. I, and I think maybe that's what your friend probably is also feeling a bit, is that you kind of go to this checklist of what's supposed to be done as opposed to what ends up happening. And the older you get and the more weddings you go to, the more people start to get into a bit more of a routine of them wanting what they want as yeah. opposed to what you're supposed and to do. And it is. It
3: is the first kind of one. Yeah. So, But do you think that it's at all possible to be able to organise all of that without a wedding planner and do it on your own as the bride Steph, or you're as not, the You're crew? not married, are you? No,
1: you need... I'm not, no, but I've got 11 weddings this year and I'm bridesmaid for three. So I think that I, I, I just you have to take your sort of lead, I think, from how the bride feels and what they want. And sometimes it is your place to kind of say to them, not on the day, of course, but in the lead up. I would tell my best friends, if you're being a bride, no, I'm going to tell you, because at, on, at the end of the day, nothing's going to go perfectly, but you're just going to have a really fun day and you don't want to think of the day as stressful and the lead up like it's meant to be a really fun thing you do it's not meant to be a stress out I think and I I I don't know I find the I've not really had a bridezilla um, friend at all, which has been good. But also, you kind of have to keep him in check, I think, in in the best of ways. And on the day,
2: well, they need you to be just to stop friends. stressing. Well, they need they you to need have you to perspective. It's true because exactly. you get really warped. Well, up that's in probably it. part of the role of being a bridesmaid. I did that. I, I and I definitely didn't have bridezillas. But there were moments where I was like. It's fucking cool. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, it. it's fucking yeah. cool. Yeah. Like, or yeah. why are you doing this like this? Mm, that's um, right. So, and I think the yeah.
1: less the brides, like, you know, give um, too much sort of steam or smoke to, to an issue that the brides are fuss, fussing about, but the more you just let it go. Girls have a tendency to just puff each other up and get all frazzled and, yeah. you know, continue and continue. If you just kind of go, you know what, that's not going to be an issue. Don't worry about it and get the bridesmaids to do the same. I think that they will let it go much. More easily than yeah. if you all, you know, puffed up and talked about it for like mm-hmm. weeks on end. It's so you know true. What I mean? yeah, it's so true. Right. You have to keep each other in check, I think. And you're there you to look out for them and you want them to have a great day, and stress shouldn't be a part of that
2: for them either. It's so true. Um, Stephanie, uh, Philip's gone off, and I felt like we could have talked to you for another three hours. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting topic. We've definitely never had, um, <laughs> never spoken about lunch. hand jobs it's at work. Varied at <laughs> from charities not to hand jobs.
1: All in a day's
2: work for you, Stephanie. I um, love it. it thank great. you Thanks. so much for joining us. If you do want to support uh, Project Futures, you can do so. Follow them on Twitter at Project Futures. Steph's also on Twitter at Steph underscore Lorenzo, L-O-R-E-N-Z-O, and Project Futures on Instagram and Facebook. Um, you guys have an upcoming uh, Cambodia Cycle Challenge that's happening, so if you do want to get involved, go check out info on their Facebook page. But Steph will uh, hopefully catch you another time soon. Thanks, ladies. Lovely Thanks, to talk to you. See you, I guys. See you too. Bye. 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 Coming up
3: next week on Thinker Girl, the podcast. Two coffees, exercising, and of, of course, I forget, oh, it's that time to go to the toilet, but I'm in the middle of a dance class. What am I going to do? Well, I'm not going to do a poo. Were you eavesdropping on this conversation and want more? The girls are chitty-chatting away on Facebook, Snapchat and Instagram. You can download more podcasts at thethinkergirls.com.au.